I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Another edition of Super Coach Edge, where we bring you all of the insight, analysis, and the edge for season 2021. My name's Damon, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host Liam. Well, that was uh, a big week in Super Coach, wasn't it? Yeah. We've been thrown yet another COVID curveball, and to top it off, all during the buys. How are you going, mate? How have you? Uh, have you survived our first buy? And did you realise that on the weekend it actually was the first buy? Because I know last week you uh, you were a bit uh, caught unawares. I wasn't sure what the buys were, but it, it all worked out in the end, as uh, as the listeners will find out in a few minutes. Uh, but yeah, it's been a pretty big week uh, this week, obviously, and there's been some interesting changes to uh, the Supercoach, I guess, landscape in the next couple of weeks, and we'll run through those pretty soon. But I'm just, yeah, kind of happy to have that first week of the buys done and dusted, albeit it was the easiest week. Mm-hmm. But I guess, yeah, we're getting closer to getting out of them as well. Thank God. Exactly right. And um, we here at uh, Supercoach Edge, we like to think that we uh, we look on the bright side of life yeah. and, um, you know, try and find the silver lining. So here at Supercoach Edge, we've actually got, uh, we've, we've gone into a big, big library. We've got a whole heap of prospectuses right there, but alongside it on the shelf is a silver linings playbook which is obviously the name of this episode. And uh, just having a flick through it at the moment, let me just blow the dust off because I haven't uh, consulted in a fair while since the buyers last season. (laughs) And it's actually saying on page one to refer to the crystal ball. (laughs) So it it actually has no help whatsoever. So we probably have to get a crystal ball out in terms of uh, looking forward to uh, the next couple of buyers to see what... um, silver linings we can find yeah before we get into the show though let's just roll through our social channels 
Yeah. Uh, you'll find us on Twitter at, at supercoach underscore edge. You'll find Damon at, at DamoJ88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95. And on Facebook and Insta, just search Supercoach Edge and you'll find us there. Yes. And uh, let's move on to our first segment, which last week was, uh, was my... Most favourite segment, I think, but uh, it might be uh, falling some ways down the, <laughs> down the order now because it is uh, the segment where the loser of the week in our head-to-head gets to kick it off as we introduce the good, the bad, and the ugly. Liam, you can probably say that order has been restored. and it has. Uh, I have gone down uh, this week, unfortunately. And uh, for those people who are tuning for the first time, uh, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly is the first segment where we run through a quick recap of how our respective teams have performed and the players that stood out for both good and bad reasons. In terms of my score, uh, yes, I did go down uh, to you by 38 points. So margin wasn't wasn't too bad. And no. we actually just did the, uh, the quick maths because I thought... Maybe the difference was you putting the big C on Parish, yeah, and maybe that was the difference. But uh, no, you still would have won. Luckily. So alas, it, uh, it wasn't Parish, it wasn't DP three. But uh, I ended up scoring not not too bad a score actually, just nudging the two K mark uh, with a score of one thousand nine hundred and ninety five. Tight, 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 yeah. Nice. Otherwise known as nineteen ninety five, which is a score that reminds me. Of, uh, yes, the uh, the Wonder Years as a Carlton supporter, where of course <laughs> we won our last Premiership. Uh, it seems so long ago. And it was long ago because I was seven years old. That was the year I was born. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a very, very good year. Uh, yeah, good good year. Good year all around, absolutely. Good vintage. Um, but it's definitely a far cry from uh, how my team's fortunes are going in 2021. <laughs> but uh, anyway, I digress. In terms of my ranking, I uh, ended up rising 783 spots to sit nice. just outside the top 5K in 5,390th spot. So getting up there slowly but surely. And if I can break the elusive 5K mark, that's like a milestone in itself. So, you know, we'll both be within the 5K. And you get to hear the song. Yes, exactly right. I'm so close. So, so (laughs) close. Uh, Trades this round. uh, I ended up doing just the one with Scott being traded to the exciting Pies youngster in Bianco, who returned a solid 75 on debut. So relatively happy with that. Not to mention how it helped boost my bank heading into this week also. So that uh, is also a good thing. The, nice. um, the tellers in the bank there were, uh, were smiling when I walked <laughs> in with my uh, bags of cash. On to the scores for the round. Uh, in terms of the good, uh, I won't run through them individually, but uh, the likes of Steele, Laird, Zeret, Walsh, Lloyd, McRae, Gorn, May and Daniel. So quite a fair uh, amount there. All scored yeah. upwards of 100 plus, which was good. Uh, in terms of those who are making bank and, and uh, allowing me to fill... Uh, many, many bags full of Supercoach cash. Uh, Poulter, Bianco, Robertson and Waterman all went up in value, which uh, which is great to see. And then in terms of the bad and ugly, now I'm going to combine the bad and ugly this week because it wasn't, um, it was kind of a, you know, obviously condensed week with the first buy round, but I was let down by the uh, the roller coaster and potentially for the last time, uh, which we'll find out later in the episode, as well as RCD2, um, who looks to have hit a wall. So, you know, it was bad in terms of their scores and it was also ugly in terms of their cash generation coming to a halt. So uh, that's it. That's my week in a nutshell. What about yourself, Liam? Yeah, so I I did manage to get the win uh, and I found myself with a score of 2,033 uh, for the round, which I was pretty happy with as it uh, continued my climb up the ranks by another 870 spots and I'm now 
inside the top 3.5k uh, at 3454. I uh, was further helped again, as you mentioned, by throwing the, the C on my boy, Darcy Parrish. You're my boy! Helping me get a bit of a, I guess, a pod <laughs> captain score to help yep. me propel up the rankings, which is, which is nice. It was a bit of a risk, but a calculated one, as, a, mm. as, as we'll see by the crystal ball. Mm. Uh, in terms of my trades, as I had over 19 players available for round 12 before trades, I ended up just making the one with, uh, I guess, the future in mind. Anthony Scott made his way out of my side uh, for CCJ. This year, I've definitely gone early on more rookies than I ever have before, and I'm, I'm not really liking it, but at least it hasn't, hasn't hurt me too badly so far. Uh, quickly onto my good, uh, in my good column, obviously headlined by Darcy Parrish with a 166 and a captaincy. Laird, Lloyd, May, McRae, Zeret, Walsh, Gorn and Martin rounded up the goods with some uh, 100 plus scores. In the bad, the key bad scores for me were probably Short and Ridley, 78 and 80. Just not what I want out of my uh, out of my defenders there. Uh, and then in the ugly, it was only really RCD's 27, um, but he dropped out of my score anyway. So it was just more so the fact that he's dropped in cash, but he's now definitely on the block heading into round 13. So should we take a quick look at the uh, the running tally, Damon, the ladder? Just 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 a quick peek, quick peek. Quick peek? Yeah. Oh, that's fine by me. <laughs> yes, uh, you sneakily extended your lead to two <laughs> games yet again. Just when I thought I was pegging you back and was hoping to be level pegging uh, coming out of the weekend. Alas, it wasn't the case, but um, maybe I should just concentrate just as much as beating you as I should be navigating the dreaded buys. You know what? Maybe I should just throw caution to the wind and just not care if I go into a round with like, you know, minus 10 players and, and just try and try and beat you. Just try and beat me? Yeah. It's only, no, it's a full, it's a sprint. It's not a sprint, sorry. It's a, it's a, mar- it's a marathon. <laughs> it's the opposite of that, guys. Yeah, maybe that's the reason why I'm losing because I think it is a sprint. Yeah, let's, let's give the breakdown. I'll give the honours to you, Liam. Thank you. Uh, I sit on top of the ladder, as uh, you will know. Uh, seven wins, five losses, percentage of 100.66%. Damon's on five wins, seven losses, with a percentage of 99.34. Ah, I will get mine back. Yes, might have gotten away with it too. It wasn't for these blasted kids and their dogs. Alrighty, time now to discuss some of the hottest <laughs> topics, players and everything in between in the week that was. I don't care. Well, the buy rounds always do throw a spanner in the works, but uh, this year it's a very big spanner as Richmond and West Coast, who were scheduled for a buy this round, will now play in round 13 and have their buy in round 14. So uh, here I was thinking that, oh, I've got about uh, 16 plays and I'll probably only need to bring in another two over the next couple of rounds. No, I've now only got 13. So (laughs) thanks for that, (laughs) AFL. No, you know what? Thanks for that, COVID. You're ruining things. You're ruining life in general, but you're ruining sport. Come on, be more considerate. God damn you. And I guess with that uh, comes some changes that I'm sure you've all heard about uh, to Supercoach over the remainder of the buy period. In short, you'll have received an extra two trades taking the season total to 32 and you'll also be able to use up to four trades in round 13 and four trades in round 14 as well unfortunately the best 18 players will still make up your score in both those rounds uh yep that includes the treaded round 14 how many are you looking at in that round demon uh i won't even have to take the field in uh, in my super coach team because which isn't a good thing uh, <laughs> believe you me 
Uh, I've only got 13 at the moment um, before trade, so not in the best spot, that's for sure. What about yourself? Yeah, I think I'm only slightly better with 14. Um, yeah, so, I mean, marginally better, but... Uh... And there was some major injury news on the weekend yeah. with Fife sustaining a dislocated shoulder, which I think was on the shoulder that he had surgery on over yeah. the preseason. And Fox Sports has reported that it's likely he'll require surgery. And I'm not sure if that's a professional opinion <laughs> they've consulted there or if they're just going off the basis that, yeah, Matty Rail had to have his dislocated shoulder reconstructed. Same thing with Dunkley. Yeah. Um, but who knows? But hopefully, fingers crossed, especially for those people that have him in their teams, that it isn't a long-term injury. Yeah. Sean Darcy also is another one uh, for those eyeing him off as a potential replacement for Grundy. Did his hamstring late in the game and will miss the next few weeks at the very least. But in more positive news, Geelong will potentially be bolstered by the return of Duncan, Guthrie and Dangerfield. So, um, And particularly Dangerfield, he's one that I'm eyeing off as one of the... I guess, spots that I need to feel desperately <laughs> in the forward line. And I've been waiting for him to return. So that'll be a welcome sight for many people, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully getting some of these guys back will also help just with some more options uh, for upgrades as well. And just finally, uh, we whipped out the crystal ball again last week to uh, mm-hmm. look forward to our captaincy options. Yeah, so while Oliver didn't cut the mustard uh, with a score of 95 uh, respectable but just not what you're looking for in your captain no exactly and especially from a the big sweaty pink pig um, <laughs> didn't cut the bacon you could say <laughs> didn't fry the bacon <laughs> uh, so we i guess we had to look at our crystal ball to see uh what other options we had damon mm. did stick fat with his uh choice of of merit who did pump out a, a very nice score of 137 against the Tykes. Not bad. But I guess not to be outdone, I, I did <laughs> I did go with my boy, and I, I said he'd be in for a big one, DP3, uh, with his favourable scoring history against the Tykes. Yep. Uh, yeah, quite well. What did, he, what did he score? 166. Oh. Pretty happy with that, I must say, and was the ideal captain choice in my side with his low ownership, which helped me propel myself up the rankings. But yeah, just in terms of the crystal ball... I reckon it's week on week, it's almost like it's becoming more and more likely that we could actually market the crystal ball out to fellow super coaches. Oh, 100%. So if anyone out there wants to send us in a tweet as to, you know, if you have a question for it, we'll give it a nice old polish and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll gaze deep into it <laughs> longingly. Like I longingly look at um, my boy Walshy and uh, we'll try and come up with... Uh, with some good fortune. Yeah, you do look at it quite longingly, the old Walsh and the old uh, crystal ball, and we, we, we should get, get out for a road trip to the guys, see see if they can uh, have a look into the, the crystal ball, deep into it. I'll just have to give it an extra polish to get rid of those those lipstick marks that I've been... Uh, <laughs> not, not from me. Not from me at all. No, no, no. No, of course not. No. I'm picturing that classic scene in Billy Madison where he calls up Steve Buscemi's weird character and apologises to him for bullying him in high school. And yeah, he yeah, ends yeah. up crossing his name off his hit list and then proceeds to smear red lipstick around his lips and then <laughs> lays down on the couch as ELO's telephone line plays. Amazing. Amazing. Anyway, uh, let's, let's move on. Uh, we're going down a rabbit hole here that we probably shouldn't because uh, it's turning into a, a, a vastly different podcast uh, than what it's supposed to be. And now, to the popular demand and also a hefty sponsorship fee, I must mention, we've got Franco's latest hit. Take it away, Franco. Michalo, Michalo is a grand sight. Franco caught his imprinting foot to scry, foot to scry, foot to scry, foot to scry, foot to scry. 
Bye from Franco Cozzi in Francio Ecke Football Yes, those were the dulcet tones of our very own Franco Cozzo. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it's definitely been a uh, runaway hit from the yeah. big man. I have heard it on um, commercial radio over the past week. Yeah, it should make a bit of a play for the Triple J Hottest 100 of 2021, I reckon. What is it, like Triple J Unearthed? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, Franco Cozzo's just been unearthed. <laughs> Oh, jeez, unearthed. He's in the ground. Oh, no. I thought he was alive, Liam. He is. He is. I I swear. It's not Weekend of Birdies. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? They're still selling furniture. (laughs) Anyway, let's go on to uh, all things buy, of course. Uh, Thanks for that, Franco, once again. So who has the buy this week? We have Brisbane Carlton. My mob, thanks, thank God. Uh, the Bulldogs and Essendon. So what loomed as a horror buy for many has actually turned around with Richmond and West Coast playing this week. So um, got, oh, I think I ended up getting an extra three players yeah. uh, off the top of my head off the back of that one game switch. So that's looked pretty good. However, there's, uh, there's quite a few key players who will miss this round, unfortunately, including Lions, Neil, Zorko, Cripps, Merritt, Parrish, Waterboy, Ridley, Daniel, Bont, McRae, Waitman, and Dale, just to name a few. In terms of the players to consider and buy, Liam? Yeah, so we'll kick off uh, with our first option. One that we've spoken about, I guess, in, a, in the past few weeks. It's uh, Josh Kelly, who's obviously midfield eligible from GWS. 562.3K with a break-even of 111. He's got a pretty good average uh, in the past few weeks. For the season, 103.7, but in three-round average of 118.7 and a five round average of 119.2 uh, as, as I mentioned we sort of discussed him um, in, in weeks gone by realistically he's underpriced considering he is actually a proven primo of years gone by obviously does have a bit of an injury history behind him and the other the other coach that uh, shall not be named uh, Leon yes. Cameron uh, means that he, he we could see him stationed again in the forward line, uh, which doesn't detrimentally affect his scoring that much. His his floor was sort of around the eight high eighties, low nineties, mm. but. It's just, I guess, not what you want from a midfielder, um, especially if you're already carrying a player like Taranto, who you would expect to be your sort of M8 already. Next bloke is uh, one that's been spoken about on Twitter a fair bit, and I think we've uh, received pressure on him also. Yeah. His name is Took Miller, uh, midfielder, coming in at 616k with a break in at 81. Uh, and he's quite the pod because uh, yeah. he's only owned by 1.3% of the competition. He's got an average of 117.9 with a three-round average of 133.7 and a five-round average, impressively, also at 132.4. Yeah, he's definitely a bit of a pot in the midfield now, and you can probably put that down to the fact that uh, his role has changed from being a tagger to one of the main inside midfielders at Gold Coast. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's seen his scoring skyrocket and also his price, uh, obviously, as well. Now, at his price, Liam, I know you've uh, you've spoken yeah. a bit to me off-air about this. Mm. What are you thinking? Are you uh, is he someone that's that's sort of cal- coming into calculations for yourself? Not particularly. I think at his price, obviously his break even of eighty one means he's going to keep going up in price if he continues his scoring, which you'd expect. I mean, with an average of one hundred and seventeen point nine. But I'm just a sort, I guess, a little bit worried about Rao's return um, and how that could affect his scoring potential and his role, and just obviously his his quite high priced it's not it's not like he's he's sort of undervalued at that at that price so he's not one that I'm really considering at the minute 
Yeah, I'm very much in the same boat as well. I didn't quite realise that he was that expensive. I think if he was around about the 580 mark or thereabouts, or even similar to Josh Kelly in the 560s, I'd probably consider it. Mm. Um, And just as we've spoken about in, in previous episodes, the fact that he is a pod probably goes against you as well in terms of if he does have a bit of a downswing in scoring with the return of Real, it obviously does have a detrimental effect on yourself because, you know, there's not that many people alongside yourself that would own him. Yeah, uh, definitely. Given he is a pod. So, I mean, and it does have the opposite effect as well on the other side of the coin. If he does still continue to smash it when Real returns, then obviously it, it, uh, it bodes quite well for yourself because you're getting a nice little leg up over the you know, the 98.7% of the competition that don't have him. So, I mean, you can look at it from either way, but for me, I'll probably not consider it, but I can see why people would. Definitely. I think I, I think it's his price. If his price was, if he was priced like, I don't know, 60K cheaper, 50K cheaper, I'd really consider him. I think he's sort of in that same mould, I guess, of almost like a parish, where his, his body of work in the past um, five or six rounds has really shown that he is worth bringing in and, and add, even at, though he is a pod at 1.3% ownership you can kind of take the risk and if you jump on a little bit early but I think there's a few too many risk factors I guess um, alongside him that, that just sort of turns me away from him yeah for sure totally agree and next on our list is Mitch Duncan uh, 581k break even of 152 and he's a bit of a pod at uh, 4.3% ownership he does have a pretty good uh, average 113.5 obviously he's got an injury effect game where he was concussed uh, within that three-round average of 106.3 and the five-round average of 113.2. He's obviously missed the last few games with the concussion and obviously having the bye last week. His price will obviously fall. You wouldn't expect him to score up at that 152 mark, so it's not one that I'd look to immediately target, but he's probably one to watch um, if, if, if you are considering him. But what really does make him quite juicy is that he's probably going to be around 540k in a couple of weeks. And realistically, he's, he's scoring at about the same average he had last year, 113.5. That includes an injury-affected game. Um, he does have a bit of a tough run in the next few weeks, so that may even affect his scoring and you might be able to get him a bit cheaper as well. Absolutely. And his teammate in Cam Guthrie is another one that sounded out as a potential return this weekend, as we mentioned. Uh, obviously, midfielder coming in at 609.9K with a break even of 129, uh, with an ownership that's been steadily rising yeah. up until he got injured with 14.4%. In terms of his averages, he's averaging at 119.8 with a three round average of 117 and a five round average of 125.4. Now, his, his break-even is high, but it is quite achievable, as we've seen with his high scoring. And I probably want to see him play a game before bringing him in, uh, considering he was a laid-out before the bye. Uh, so, I mean, there are still queries over that shoulder, the injury that yeah. he did sustain. And, you know, the main query comes down to whether or not the shoulder injury is going to impact his game from here on out. Yeah. Is he going to change his, his game style to accommodate, you know, or is he going to be limited for minutes? Is he going to be played in a different position potentially? You know, not so much in the engine room. So based upon that, uh, he's definitely a wait and see option for me. Wait and see at least. Uh, given that that break even is still, still relatively high of one twenty nine, um, you could probably afford to wait at least a week. And based upon that, uh, sort of make an assessment. Yeah, and definitely with Danger coming back, um, you'd want to see what his role is. Mm. If Danger does come back, obviously. Um, yep. 
you'd want to yeah just know what know, know what the role is with Guthrie in the, the side and Danger in the side as well. Um, obviously, Danger probably wouldn't expect him to spend too much time forward with Cameron and Hawkins, Hawkins as uh, the, the twin towers, I guess, up forward. So it's it's potential that there could be a bit of a drop off from Guthrie in the way of scoring due to Dangerfield. Moving on to the next option, we've got Travis Boak, uh, obviously midfield eligible, 533.8K, break even of 125 and quite a high ownership of 19.2%. Mm, surprising. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people jumped on early after his... Uh, his his high scoring in the in the first few rounds, uh, but his average is one hundred and nine point four, three round average average of one hundred and five point three, and a five round of one hundred and four. He's probably not one I'd consider personally, but he is at a quite a bit of a discount, um, considering his his scoring, I guess. So if you're looking mm. for someone who is lower priced to help in the midfield, Boak is a is an option, but I'd probably lean towards a Josh Kelly instead if you were really looking for someone at that lower end. Yeah, Josh Kelly's only going to set you back another, what, 29k or thereabouts. So yeah, exactly. if I was to compare the two, compare the pair, <laughs> um, yeah, I'd definitely go for Josh Kelly also. But yeah, he's, he's one to one to look for if you are desperate for someone to play coming out of the buy. So yeah, yeah uh, for me, I'd look elsewhere. But um, yeah, he's, he's one that uh, certainly shouldn't be discounted altogether. Moving on to the next candidate, which is Aaron Hall, obviously as a forward, coming in at 502.1k with a break-even of 74 and a relatively low ownership still, which is quite surprising considering uh, that, that price point, at 4.9% ownership. Uh, but I'm sure that will steadily rise uh, coming out of this weekend. Uh, his average across the season is 90.3 with a three-round average impressively at 112.3 and a five-round average Equally as impressive at 111.2. Now, he's been super consistent across the year. So barring his scores of 6 and 37, which uh, were due, obviously, to playing as a sub and when he sustained a concussion, his lowest score is an 81, and his second lowest is 104. So obviously, quite a high floor. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's that's something you want from week to week, especially in those uh, valuable head-to-head games. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, playing as a defender in a similar vein to, to Jay-Z, sharing the kickouts and distributing from the back line. And, I mean, he's obviously not a proven primo and doesn't have a good injury history, as we know. But uh, if he can stay on the park and continues in this role, he'll most definitely be a top six forward. So there's risk with him still, but it is mitigated by the fact that his ownership is growing. And because the top six and the forward line is still a bit uncertain and to put it quite frankly, quite shit. <laughs> you'd, you'd want to be uh, looking to lock in someone with, you know, quite assured scoring um, from week to week, and you probably look no further than Aaron Hall. Yeah, and he doesn't rely, I guess, on the on the kick-ins in the same way mm. that, I guess, Jay-Z does. I think in the past yeah. few weeks we've seen that he didn't quite have the same share of the the kick-ins that Jay-Z did, um, but still maintained his high scoring, which is, which is really good, something that we want to see. Moving on, we've got Lockie Whitfield, defender eligible, 503.6K. Break even of 70 uh, and an ownership of just 2.1%. Obviously, that would be affected by the fact that he started the season uh, quite late and obviously was under a bit of an injury cloud. So you wouldn't have thought too many people would have started him. Um, But he does have an average of 93.4, but more impressively, I guess, his three-round average of 103.3. I guess he's a bit of a forgotten option in the back line. Um, He obviously started the year late, as we mentioned, due to injury. 
and he did have a bit of a slower run to kick off the season, um, which included a bit of a role change, um, but he has returned to his role in the back line in the last match uh, before the bye, and his scoring most certainly benefited from that. He's a, he's a proven primo at a very low ownership at the minute. You'd expect it to sort of skyrocket now that uh, he's had his buy. I think a lot of people probably would be waiting for that. Um, and he does have a bit of a soft run in the next mm. few weeks, which could help him have a good scoring opportunity. But his history of injuries, obviously, is a bit of a risk with him. And also just, you know, Leon Cameron as a coach doesn't help. You don't know whether he's <laughs> going to be thrown around into a into a weird position. Yeah, for sure. And, and like you mentioned as well, like playing in defence... Just looking at his kick-ins, he has actually got involved. In round nine, he had the equal most with three. uh, And then in round 10, he uh, ended up having zero. And then in round 11, he chipped in with another two. So, I mean, obviously, it's not a staple of his scoring. But, yeah, obviously, if you can get involved in that, it's a good base um, to, to back you up in terms of just having some cheap stats and some cheap points on the go. And in terms of those guys that we've listed, Liam, what appeals to you most? Say, say yeah. for example, that you don't own, because I know that you own um, at least one or two of these guys. Yeah. Talking from the perspective of, you know, you don't have any of these guys, yeah, yeah. who are the most attractive? Yep. Yeah, so overall for mine, I'd probably be focusing on the bookends of Hall and Whitfield in the forward line and back line. Uh, just in the way of the primos this week, I'll discuss the, the rookies on the bubble and whatnot a bit later. Uh, but... If you're just looking for the primos, those two, I guess, are the ones that I'd be looking at. I think the rest are either overpriced or a bit risky and probably someone that you'd want to wait on. I like the scoring of Tukmiller, um, but do think you'll be purchasing him, not at necessarily his max price, but at sort of that very high premium instead of uh, sort of when he's a bit lower in price. You could probably see that he might potentially drop a game and then be able to sweep on him at a lower price. Um, I'd probably rather, if you're looking at Tukmiller, I'd probably rather wait and see on like a bond or a steel or lions um someone mm. like that to finish off my midfield i think there's probably better scoring potential from them um and just sort of a solid base from them as opposed to miller um and they're at about a similar price so unless you're really strapped for players this week i'd probably be waiting to get someone else in yeah for sure i think yeah the guys that we've mentioned uh like yourself hall uh far and away number one for me i don't yep. even yeah i'd rank him by a fair margin ahead of Whitfield as well, just purely based upon the fact that he is playing, uh, you know, in Supercoach in the forward line, as we know in reality he's not. But to be, uh, you know, available in the forward line when there really isn't any options apart from, you know, the guys yeah. we've already got in MP and Jay-Z and Dangerfield coming back, it provides, I think he provides more value off the back of that. Uh, and then Whitfield, of course, um, there's quite a few options down in defence, but just at that price point that we spoke of and his scoring in recent weeks, you, you, you can't look past him. Yeah, Guthrie, I'm still... I, I actually loved him and, I mean, yeah. coming up to him getting injured. But now that he's injured and he's done his shoulder, I'm still... Really, not much has been spoken about it and it makes me think that it's actually worse than, than what it is. Yeah. Which, yeah, it's, it's kind of making me question it. So he was a target for me, a genuine target, but now he's kind of fallen by the wayside because of that. That was, yeah, that was the same for me. I was going to get him in the week he got injured. Um, oh, yeah, that's so right. That was exactly. Lucky. Right. You talked me out of it, Damon. You uh, put the moz on him, but uh, you talked me no, out it of it. A, it was the crystal ball I was looking <laughs> longly into. You know how it is. Yeah, I don't know how <laughs> it is. Uh, so luckily I didn't bring him in, but I agree with you there. Uh, he was one that I thought, okay, well, now I'll get him in after his bye, when before yeah. I knew he was injured. Um, mm. But now sort of been a bit, not turned off, but just a bit more wary of him than I was before. 
Yeah, and then to round it off, yeah, Kelly uh, ahead of Duncan, and then and Boak, I think is a yeah. is a fair way off the mark. I just I'm not really I don't see much upside in Boak. Moving on, in terms of uh, people are probably waiting for us to to mention these guys, the rookies that are on the bubble. And you're probably thinking, what about them? Why haven't you spoken about them? Well, here they are. <laughs> They're right here. So first cup off the rank is Ned Reeves. Uh, revelation in the ruck yeah. for the Hawks, um, the young Hawks now. Comes in at 123.9 with a break even at a massive negative 98. And uh, the good thing about Reeves as well, I just had a quick peek at his CBAs and they've gone up uh, impressively over the past two weeks. He was at 50%. And then in his second game in round 11, was 78. So it was a fair bump in CBAs there. And it shows that I think the Hawks are trying to groom him, I think, potentially to be the number one ruck going forward ahead of the likes of, you know, big boy McAvoy and um, and Segler. (laughs) So in terms of the security that comes with that, I think there are people that I've seen on Twitter kind of questioning, you know, oh, he might be in the team and then he might go by the wayside. I think the way that he's scoring at the moment and performing on field outside of Supercoach uh, is quite pleasing. Um, and Definitely. I think I saw today, actually, he's just re-signed a new contract with the Hawks as well. So um, it shows that they've got a fair bit of confidence in him going forward into the future. So um, he's definitely won 100% that I'm bringing in. Yeah, definitely. Likewise for me, uh, scores of 90-82, really strong scoring from a rookie ruck. Um, direct swap for Flynn for mine. Bank that cash. Yep. I'm not too worried about his job security. Um, I've I saw quoted I think a couple of weeks ago that they'd really want him to play alongside McAvoy to to hone that craft. So I really do think yep. that they're they're thinking long term about what 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 they need uh, in the way of a ruck once McAvoy does finish up. So I think he'll be in the side barring injury. Obviously, just a, a very minor thing to consider is just that he did go off at the end of the game with a bit of shoulder uh, soreness. I guess uh, two weeks ago. Uh, so I'd I just make sure he was named in the team to make sure there was nothing but I haven't heard anything um, to suggest that he would be missing moving on to the next player on the list we've got Callum Coleman Jones who I got to see firsthand on the weekend ruck forward 161.2k and a break even of minus 102 somehow trumping Ned Reeves obviously uh, got some pretty good job security with obviously both Tom Lynch and Nankervis out for the next few weeks at the very least um, he's obviously at a bit of a, of a premium at 161.2k, not that not that bargain price of a, of a rookie. Uh, but I think his his DPP status and his his scoring ability so far suggests that he should actually be a very good option for you. Um, he's one that I've already gone. I went early on just because it suited my structures a little bit more. Um, but he's one that yeah, definitely definitely to be considering this week. Yeah, for sure. And surprisingly, uh, also on the weekend, uh, Marbio Chol actually played a fair bit of game time in the ruck compared to CCJ, uh, who played predominantly up forward. And just having a look at the CBAs um, for CCJ, and he only had 17% uh, in the Ooh. ruck on the weekend. So, yeah, it's a bit of an interesting one. I thought that it might be a bit closer to a 50-50 share, but, um, I mean, it obviously shows that CCJ is more of a pinch hit at this stage in Richmond's lineup, and it also means that uh, his scoring is going to have to come from, you know, obviously kicking bags of goals, um, which, you know, is what he's, what he's done so far. He kicked four and two in his first two games. So, um, and looked really impressive as well. Love his marking. Um, and, yeah, it looks as though he's been playing in Richmond's lineup for for quite a few seasons uh, instead of playing in, you know, 
two games. So, yeah, he's one that I'm uh, bringing in 100% also. Uh, just can't go past him. With that negative break even of 102, is, um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Moving on to uh, Trent Bianco, who I brought in early on at the weekend. Uh, of course, as a midfielder defender, as a DPP, that, uh, that ability obviously opens up a fair few options there, uh, potentially with a swing with the likes of a Laird potentially. So it does help in terms of structuring your team coming out of the buys. Uh, comes in at a price of 123.9K yeah. with a break-even, negative 84. And he's scoring over the journey so far in his first two games. I mean, really impressive. First game, 83, and his second game scored 75. And um, the one thing with, with Bianco, I was about to say that he's been playing in the middle, but he hasn't really, actually. On the weekend, he had zero time in the middle, which is annoying, and it must annoy... It, it kind of it reeks of, like, Parrish yeah. <laughs> from yesteryear. Bringing back bad nightmares here, aren't I, for you? Bloody hell. But uh, he's only played 6% in, uh, in the middle in his first game, and then on the weekend, zero. Zero. So um, the fact that he's still scoring as well as he is is testament to, you know, I guess he's ceiling in. He isn't relying upon having the ball uh, fed to him in the middle or, you know, finding his own own ball. So um, that ball-winning ability, he had 19 disposals in his first game and then 16 in his second and ended up scoring a goal on the weekend. Bring him in. Got to bring him in, I think. Um, even though he is detrimental to the fact that he is going to have around 14 by... Um, like CCJ, I mean, at that break-even, negative break-even, you've got to bring him in because he's one of the best cash cows uh, we're going to be seeing in a fair while, I think. Yep, definitely. He's coming into my side. I didn't bring him in early purely based off my structure. I just was going to be trading out someone that I didn't want to trade out at that stage. Uh, but he'll be coming in this week uh, and helping me bank some more cash and obviously be another juicy cash cow uh, for some late upgrades if I need. And now moving on to our last trading option on the bubble. It's uh, Max Holmes from Geelong. He's got the handy DPP status of a mid-forward, priced at 121.8K and a break-even of minus 40. To be honest, I haven't seen much of him. Obviously, he is uh, coming in off his buy, so he'll play for the rest of the rounds, but not one that I'm personally going to consider. My concern is his job security um, with Duncan and Guthrie and Dangerfield all set to return in the next few weeks, at the very least. Yeah, I think he's, he's virtually just a placeholder, and yeah. he seems like one of those classic Geelong traps. As you know, the, the coach is the man whose name shall not be mentioned, uh, and he has stuffed a lot of us around, as we've seen with Clark in recent times. So I think with Holmes, he's, he's definitely just a placeholder. Um, I'd probably look elsewhere. Uh, I mean, he's not. A, it's not as if he's priced at a minimum of 102 or anything like that. Like, there's no real reason to, to go for him over a Bianco. Yeah. Yeah, sure, there's an allure there that he could potentially play the next two games. But if he does... Is there any certainty that he's going to keep his spot beyond those two weeks? So um, short term, it may look good, but long term, got to think about that at this time of year, especially because uh, these are the guys that you probably want to be bringing in as either really genuine great cash cows or guys with really good job security. Yeah, and as um, cover. As, as both of that, like he doesn't tick either of those boxes for me with a negative break even of 40, 
Um, yeah, just scores of 60 and 53. Yeah, nothing nothing too major there in terms of his scoring potential and drop security. Just spoke about it. It's not really um, too high at this stage for me, I don't think. Yeah, and it's also important to note he did play round three and then didn't play again until round 11. So he's already been dropped once. Mm. So, I mean, if you want to read into that, you can. But, uh, yeah, it's just probably not one that I'm considering personally. Absolutely. And uh, moving on to the players that uh, you should potentially look to move on and sell uh, the first one. He's uh, he's been a favourite of mine, uh, a mascot of my team because he is the roller coaster of love. <laughs> of love. <laughs> Hope you like that, Liam. That's it. James Rowe as a forward, coming in at two ninety five point six k with an average of fifty seven point five and a break even that has crept so steadily <laughs> upwards. He's on that incline on his, on his roller coaster, break even of ninety at the moment. And he's lost 11.5k on the weekend and projected to lose about the same again this coming weekend and has the dreaded round 14 buy. So that is the trifecta that says to me you should move him on. It's time to move him on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's, he left my side weeks ago. Uh, just before I think he scored that really, had that really good, that really one good score that sort of boosted him. 80, 81. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, look, it worked out. I guess in the end but uh, yeah he's just one to move on he wasn't wasn't going to stay in your side forever he managed to uh, get some more cash out of him which was nice uh, just move him on next up we've got Matt Flynn who I'm actually mm. a bit sad to move on the, the yeah, Ruckman from right. GWS 367.7k average of 89.3 break even of 74 you'd probably expect him to potentially make his break even um, if you did want to hold him but I think it's just time to move him on they've got two good Ruck rookies or rookies that are that uh, ruck eligible um, that that I think it's just time to move on so he's obviously generated you 243.8k in cash thank you very much so I think it's just it's time to move Flynn on from that juicy ruck 3 branch while his average is still higher than his break even and his job security has been given a bit of a boost off the back of a hamstring injury to the big mummy. This week coincides with both Siege CJ and Reeves, as we've mentioned, being on the bubble, with both projected to make bulk cash. So thank you for your services, Matt Flynn, but it's uh, time to go. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost like we need to do a, a bit of a guard of honour yeah. as uh, he leaves our sides because, yeah, he's without him and that cash generation that he's made, I think we'd probably struggle to grab another Prima because that, that bridges the gap between, mm, you know, potentially definitely. trading out like a, a James Jordan to a genuine Primo. So here's to you, Matt Flynn. Thank you so much. It's almost like we need to play the the American national anthem. Yeah, no, I felt really like emotional just then. <laughs> so sad, is, that, is that a big, big sound? Is that what we need to play right now? Well, there's a big, big sound from the west of the town. It's the sound of the mighty. <laughs> <laughs> wrong vibe, wrong vibe. Tone <laughs> it down, tone it down. Acoustic version of a big, big sound. <laughs> Get the keyboard cat. Keyboard cat, play him out. Anyway, moving on to uh, the next trade-out candidate. It is Riley Collier-Dawkins, RCD2, as he's affectionately known. Midfielder, of course, coming in at 237.9k with an average of 56.7 and a break-even that has crept above that mark in 59. Yeah. He had his lowest score of 27 on the weekend that has practically put the brakes on his cash generation, quite sadly. Uh, It obviously helps his job security that Prestia is now re-injured, unfortunately, uh, for, for Prestia, the human meatball. But uh, it doesn't necessarily mean a boost in his CBAs uh, because 
they still do have a couple of players to return to their lineup. And um, yeah, the fact that he's had that 27, it's going to be in his rolling cycle now for another two weeks. And it means that his break-even is going to stay quite high unless he bumps out like another 100-plus score, which I can't see him doing. On top of that, he also has the dreaded round 14 buy. So uh, to me, that's just another reason to trade him. Yeah, I think it's time to move him on. Even though I guess Prestia has now re-injured himself, I think with Bolton and Cochin back, I just don't see there being much room for him to take any of those CBAs anyway. I think Lambert's another one, I think. I don't think he's back yet either. Lambert's not back, but I think he's on the way back. Yeah, so he's even another guy who might come in and reduce his CBAs. And the other thing as well, like he may lose his spot altogether. Yeah. So I may even come to that. So I think to avoid all that, uh, get rid of him whilst you can, whilst he's still holding that price um, and make as much cash as you can. Yeah. So the next thing, it comes down to, um, I guess, what we're doing. I'll kick it off. So in terms of what I'm planning to do, so I'm planning to trade out the roller coaster for Coleman Jones and uh, Flynn for Reeves, yep. as we've uh, alluded to previously, and then upgrading RCD2 to Whitfield by switching Laird back into the mids. Now, I reckon this is like the third time I've done this this season, so I'm sure that uh, poor Laird is, uh, is quite dizzy now, just, <laughs> just moving back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But uh, in terms of my buy strategy, and I think that's probably a, a big question that a lot of the listeners have, is you know, in light of the fixture change, have we changed our actual trading strategy? And have we done it to accommodate the fish, fixture change? Or are we still in the same lane? And in terms of myself, not really much has changed in the grand scheme of things. So I'm still trying to target upgrades to players or primos in this case who are coming off their buy. And uh, for me, Whitfield certainly fills that mold as the, as the one first up. So with the two extra trades, it uh, allows me to take a bit more of a risk on someone like Whitfield, who I'll probably avoid given his injury history and limited preseason. But uh, now that I do have an extra luxury trade or two, in this case, if he does go down, at least I've got uh, you know the trade to bring him in and also the trade to trade him out. So that kind of negates that risk there. Uh, at this stage before trades, as we mentioned earlier, I will only be able to field 13 around 14. So I'm aiming to at least be able to field, a, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, a minimum of 16 yeah. players. Um, and one interesting stat that I found on Twitter, uh, based on data from our good friend of the show, Supercoach Data. And if you're not following him on Twitter, make sure you give him a follow at Data Supercoach. And he found that 70% of teams in the top 5K have 15 players or more missing in round 14, whilst 20% of teams in the top 5K have 17 players or more missing. So seeing that gives me more confidence in knowing a vast majority of the serious super coaches out there are in the same boat that we are. Yeah. So, I mean, there's no way at this stage I can feel a full 18 without, you know, deviating from my trade scheme, I guess, going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, So it means that you know, going into that round 14 with potentially 16 plays, you know, at a minimum, uh, you know, it, it does fill me with a little bit more confidence. What about yourself, Liam? Yeah. Um, at this stage, I'm only planning on using the three trades. I know we've got four now. Uh, so I'll be moving on Flynn for Reeves, RCD uh, to Bianco, and I want to bring in Whitfield as well. Uh, overall, my strategy now is to try and focus on the first two buys, which I've obviously done one of those and then potentially throw round 14 
where I'm definitely going to be struggling to field 18. I think a lot of people, as, as, as you've shown with those stats, will be in the same situation, especially the, the top super coaches. So hopefully everyone will sort of be impacted similarly to myself. Um, so if that is the case, then it's not going to see me tumble down the rankings, theoretically. Um, at this stage, the key for me is to finish my team the way I want, rather than pl- plugging holes for a single buy round. Um, and hopefully, I guess that's the right decision in the long run. I might lose the battle, but should hopefully be able to win the war in the long run. Love that. I actually really like that. That's, that's a good way of looking at things. And that, that sounds like a bit of a catchy title for uh, the next episode, hey, potentially. Maybe. If we come out of the uh, if round 14 unscathed, imagine this. If we go into the round with 16 players or thereabouts, and we actually go up in rankings, that will just validate our thinking at the moment. Yeah. And yeah, our exactly. Approach. So hopefully it uh, does come to fruition, but um, we'll just have to cross our fingers and, and hope. <laughs> yeah, I think that's where we're at right now. Yeah, absolutely. But um, let's move on to our next segment, which is Liam. I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Yes, that's right. And I'm the captain now. Every week we bring you our top choices for the VC and C. We'll be discussing some of the key options and some that may be a little bit left of field. Uh, we'll kick off with uh, one seagull, Jakey Lloyd, against Hawthorne. We <laughs> <laughs> him just asking for a chip. Oh, yeah. Love the sound effects. Uh, <laughs> Friday night game at the SCG. His average in the last four is 135.25. Massive, absolutely massive, yeah. with scores of 157, 105, 130, and 149. Obviously, I mean, Jake Lloyd's not the player this year that we've but we're used to he hasn't been pumping out those mm-hmm. big scores I think we were discussing this earlier as well is the ball going to be in the defensive line of the Swans as much as we've used to the Hawks obviously aren't the same team that we've seen in years gone by yeah I mean just looking at his scores he's had quite a few scores in the you know between the 100 and 110 mark yeah but he's only really had uh, he's had two scores above 120 with 124 and 142. Uh, two scores above 110, or the 110 range. Yeah. And everything else has been 98, 98, 95, 98. So, you know, like, I guess, Josh Kelly, he's got a really high floor, but a really low ceiling this 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 year. So, I mean, the deviation isn't too high, but this in this case, as a captaincy option, means that... Uh, yeah, you probably want to look elsewhere based upon his recent form in 2021. But yeah, I mean, coming up against the Hawks, you've got to factor that opposition in. They're easy beats nowadays. Like you mentioned, they're, yeah. they're not the team they used to be. But yeah, you can also say that Jake Lloyd isn't the player that we're used to seeing. So for me, I'll probably look elsewhere, but uh, you can't really look past those numbers if you're, if you're looking for someone you know, early on in one of those early games as a VC option. Definitely. Moving on to uh, another player that I've thrown in there is a bit of a smoky pick, just because he's been spoken about, and we spoke of him earlier in the episode. Took Miller uh, yeah. comes up against Frio on Saturday at 4.15 at Optus Stadium. Average in his last four isn't too crash hot, so you're probably wondering why I've put him in here. But um, 91.75 is his average in his last four against the Dockers, with scores of 111, 90, 88, and 78. Now, obviously, those scores, uh, especially the 90, 88, and 78, would have been games where he hasn't really played as a genuine midfielder like he has in 2021. So to me, that's kind of the opposite of what we've spoken about with Jake Lloyd in terms of 
you know, these historical scores aren't a true representation of what his ability is in 2021. Just just giving a bit of a rub on the crystal ball here. And I think he does present himself as a bit of an option. You've also got to factor in that Frio were absolutely decimated with injuries on the weekend. First of all, Nat Fife, as we know, going down. Um, yeah. You can pretty much say with certainty he's not going to be playing on the weekend. Then you've got uh, Sean Darcy, uh, the number one ruckman, who, uh, you know, take him out of, their, out of their engine room. And, I mean, you don't really have to go into the game with a general ruckman. Uh, I mean, the Gold Coast Suns have Zach Smith at the moment as their ruck. Um, so he'll be rucking against, you know, a, a bit part ruckman in Meek or someone of the kind. Yep. So it does level the playing field there. Potentially more chance of Tukmiller getting, uh, getting a, shucking a few hitouts there, uh, which mightn't be the case if Sean Darcy was there. So for me, there's, there's a whole multitude of factors there that uh, is presenting me in the crystal ball. And uh, I'm going to say that he's going to score... A nice VC score. Um, I'm not going to put my balls on the line, but let's just say that I'm going to throw my hat in the ring, right? And I'm going to say that he's going to score upwards of 110. You know what? I'm going to bump it up to 120. But let's let's note this down. So let's let's see if the crystal ball can produce some magic for those uh, Took Miller owners out there. Yeah. Yeah, I like this. I like this. Three-round average of 133.7, so it's not exactly fanciful that he, he goes 120. Yep. Uh, as you said, decimated by injury at Fremantle. The only issue, I guess, is if he does have, like, a Caleb Sorong go to him. Mm. But, yeah, anyway, let's move on to our next option. Uh, Jack Steele against the Adelaide Crows on Saturday night at Kazali's Stadium up in up in Cairns. Average in the last four against the, the Crows of 106.4. Nice average there with scores of 162, 89, 121 and 53. Mm. He's not in my side, so I'm obviously not going to be able to take him as a VC, <laughs> uh, but he's probably one that if if I did, I would definitely be considering. Obviously, that last score of 162 would have come last year when he went off the chain. And the, the one good thing, uh, being an owner, oh, I know it quite well and I'm so thankful that I've got him in because I got him in at the right stage. Yeah, you really did. bottomed out. And his past two games, 154 and 140. Uh, granted, one of those was against North Melbourne, but the other one against Sydney um, on the weekend. And for me, I think recent form, going by the fact that his uh, three-round average is 131 and his five-round average is 123.8, you'd lock those in as captaincy scores if he was able to produce that score yeah, or something similar on the weekend. So um, he's definitely in the frame um, before we lock it in at the end of this segment uh, for a VC score at the very least. There is another candidate, though, on the uh, the opposition side of things in Rory Laird, who's uh, averaging in his last four against the Saints, 111 with scores of 91, 124, 124 again, and 105. And uh, just his recent form as well. He's really, I think he's having an absolute blinder. And everyone's been saying it ad nauseum, but... The revelation has been obviously him moving into the midfield and yep. uh, we've seen it this year especially and in recent times because in his past five games, he scored 125, 120, 123, a 92, but then also banged out a 144 on the weekend against the Pies. And for me, going with that and also his uh, you know his recent form against St Kilda, He's definitely in the frame of, uh, you know, a vice-captaincy lock-in candidate right there. Yeah, he's one that I'm considering uh, this week. Obviously, some big scores in the last few and a relatively good average against St Kilda. 
uh, I think he's he's not a bad option, to be honest. Mm. Moving on to our next option, it's Dustin Martin, who again I saw firsthand on the weekend playing against West Coast Eagles uh, on Sunday at 7.20 at Optus Stadium. Obviously, this is the match that's been moved forward. Uh, the Tigers remaining an extra week in uh, in in Perth uh, after playing the Dons at, in Dreamtime at in Perth. Uh, his average in the last four is 121.75, which is scores of 97, 132, 103, and 155. He has a pretty good average against the Eagles. Ooh. Yeah, it's probably not one that I'd put the C on. No. I'd really caution against that. He's got a limited ceiling this year. Yeah, I mean, he's exactly. got 102 on the weekend, but probably could have scored a bit more. But um, yeah, apart from that, he scored 121 in round nine, 158 in round one against my mum, as he always does. And then round two, 120 against the Hawks. So I, I really think he's got a limited ceiling. Um, and for that reason, I will be looking elsewhere. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly there. I think he's one to not look at as your as you'll see. Um, and I think being so late in the round, it obviously limits you with the captaincy as well. Uh, moving on to uh, a game, which is, uh, it's a big freeze. Big freeze seven, uh, of course. Uh, big game, raising funds to um, Neil Danaher's foundation, uh, the motor neuron disease, yeah. raising funds to conquer the beast. So uh, if you haven't gone out and grabbed yourself a beanie yet, do so now. I got myself a, a beanie and was wearing it today. Actually, it was quite uh, quite warm. And they're really the designs are getting really great every year. So yeah, love it. Go out and, and grab one of those. You can get them from Coles. Yeah, get them from Coles. So grab yourself one of those. But um, Maxi Gorn. Let's speak of him first off uh, against the Pies. He averages in his last four ninety eight point seven five. Not too crash hot with scores of one fifty three, which obviously boosts it. But then with scores of ninety nine seventy six and sixty seven. But you've really got to look at it in terms of who he's facing uh, in this coming round. And it's a non-existent ruck setup. Uh, Max Lynch for Collingwood. Um, he's only played, I think, a handful of games now. I think maybe two games now, yeah. potentially, if that. Uh, limited experience at senior level. Um, obviously got Darcy Cameron there. If um, you know, if they decide to bring in Mason Cox, even then, it's, it's not of the quality, as you know. Of, uh, of Grundy that Gorn's had to come up against in recent games. So that, for me, pretty much seals it as him being a captaincy option. What do you think? Yeah, I agree entirely there. Hasn't got the greatest average, but they would all be games against Grundy. So obviously a bit of a tough opponent yeah. uh, for, for Gorn there. I think his games in the past couple against teams where I guess, like last week, we saw him go up against Brisbane um, and Oscar McInerney, who he had a pretty good average against last year. Um, I think shows that he's he's in for a big one against a limited opposition. Uh, and also, just to note, I guess, in that lack of sort of experienced opposition that Gorn will be facing on the weekend, is that uh, Riley O'Brien played uh, against Collingwood on the weekend and pumped out a massive score of, I think, 137. Yeah, yep. Uh, so if that's anything to go by, Gorn's in for a big one, hopefully. Moving on to his, his teammate in that same game, obviously, uh, the the pink sweaty pig, uh, Clary Oliver. <laughs> because he, when he sweats it up, he looks like a big fat pink pig. <laughs> That's him. That's him. Obviously playing on the Monday. Has an average in the last four against the Pies of 118.5 with scores of 137, 114, 96 and 127. Another strong option, I think. Uh, obviously was a bit down on the weekend, um, but has had a pretty stellar month of football. Uh 
in the last couple with with big scores against Adelaide. And like, um, I guess it's really dependent on on what you want to do if you want to go Gorn or Oliver as your captain for mine. Yeah, for sure. I think it comes down to those two most definitely. Uh, probably flip a coin because you'd think that the pink sweaty pig in uh, Oliver, oink oink, uh, <laughs> will feast on points against uh, Collingwood's. I wouldn't say fully decimated um, midfield, but uh, quite inexperienced midfield. Yeah. Uh, so I think it comes down to balancing either him smashing Collingwood's midfield, which he probably should, with Gorn smashing Collingwood's non-existent uh, ruck setup. So uh, flip a coin, but for me, I think I'll be going with Gorny. So now that we know who you're going with as your C, who's your VC, Damon? Yes, uh, I think it's probably going to be Steele at this stage. Yeah. I just can't go past his recent form line. Uh, and I've missed I've missed his uh, him being a chance of of my VC over the past couple of weeks when he probably deserved it. Um, yeah. So for me, I think I'll be going with him. Otherwise, uh, I might roll the dice on Rory Lair. He really sticks out to me. Love his form, uh, but then yeah, probably I think I'll stick with my guns and go with Steel. What about yourself? Yeah, nice one. Yeah, slim pickings is a bit of a real understatement from my side in the way of VC and C options. Mm. I'd probably take the risk on Laird as my uh, as my VC on the Saturday night against the Saints, and then use Gorn or Oliver as my captain option on the Monday in the Monday game. Uh, I'm probably leaning towards Gorn, um, as be stated, just because of the setup of the uh, Collingwood Ruck line. Perfect. And with that, I think we've got a. Uh, can you hear that? I think there's a few faxes coming through. It's that segment, I got to know. Hey, I got to know. What's a fax? <laughs> That's a good point. Have we actually got like a, a Morse code telegram coming through? Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Wait a second. Just looking out the window, I can see smoke signals. <laughs> and the first question is coming through uh, from Empa underscore X, uh, good friend of the show, of course. He asks, uh, is Took Miller... Mr. Tuk Tuk, a fake primo with Real set to return at his elevated price. Is there too much risk associated with him? Yeah. So, yeah, as we've spoken about, yeah, he's obviously gone to another level in 2021 with that, you know, genuine sort of midfield role, no longer being just a, you know, flat out tagger. Yeah. Uh, I actually like him as a, as a real pod option um, heading out of the buys if you're really desperate to, to try and jump on someone uh, that has had the buy. But, I mean, like we've said, comes with those risks being a pod. His current average, 117.9. So I guess he's, he's worth the punt if you are that way inclined. In terms of whether Real could have, have an effect on Tuk Tuk, it's probably hard to say given they have only played four games together. Yeah. And across those games in 2020, Miller scored 104, 98, 126, 111 for an average of 109.75. But yeah, for me, I think there's, there's probably more upside to Miller potentially, um, as I can probably imagine that Raul's going to get a bit of attention from opposition coaches, uh, which may further free up Miller. But obviously, that's just a guess. That's just a crystal ball speaking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like we've said, um, obviously comes with a bit of a risk at that price point. I'll probably look elsewhere, but um, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the it's the worst thing you can do in looking at uh, Tuk Tuk. Yeah, for mine, I agree with you. Um, his elevated price is probably the main concern for me. If he was, yeah, literally like 50k cheaper, I think is a great pot option. In the same vein as the Parish pick that I've also made a couple of weeks ago, I think uh, his scoring, uh, his scoring of the past few weeks really lends itself to being a good pot option. Um, but I think. Yeah, at his price now, you're sort of buying, not at his peak, but sort of around that peak price where it 
obviously isn't ideal. For mine, I'd probably rather look towards a midfielder along the lines of Lions, Bont, potentially Guthrie in the next few weeks. Um, they'll probably be at a pretty similar price point or even a tad cheaper um, just with a bit more of a favourable scoring history and obviously a bit of a higher ownership, which is obviously yeah, the major risk for Took Miller. So he's not necessarily a fake primo, but he's not entirely in my consideration set just yet. And the next question was sent in by Sam, another regular. So thanks again for tuning in, mate, at Pinker on Twitter. He asks, Whitfield, yes or no, if it means Laird stays in the midfield? Well, it's funny you ask that, Sam, <laughs> because I am actually considering that exact same move. Uh, Whitfield, as we've spoken about, looks like massive value with 50K already shaved off his starting price. Plus, having already had his buy last weekend means he will play across the remainder of the buy round. So that's always a plus. And lead into mids means uh, you don't have to try and be a Scrooge and yeah, grab every single loose penny yeah. you have towards you know funding a, a trade to a massive primo and like a bond, for example. Uh, so that's an added plus. And I could see Whitfield matching scores of such uber, uber primos given five of his 11 100 plus scores in 2020 were in excess of 120 plus yep, with highs of 148 and 167. So as we've spoken about, that really big high ceiling and high floor, uh, perfect duo and perfect combination. And for me, that's the reason why I'm actually leaning that way. Yep. So funnily enough, uh, pretty similar thing to what I'm looking at doing Um as I'm still holding on to CJ at the minute, um, Laird is currently being used as a mid, but right now he's in my defense because I had some DPP swings that would let me maximize the number of players I had on field this round. Uh, so he's, if you do look at my side, I don't know if he's stalking me or something, uh, you'll see Laird is not in my midfield, like I just said, but anyway. Uh, so I really like the upside of Whitfield and the big scores we often see from the GWS defender. As Damon mentioned, it's also obviously cheaper to swing lead into the midfield and bring in the likes of Whitfield for those that are short on cash and trades and need to sort of fill out the primo in the midfield. Um, I do think it's a bit of a bargain in his price and his discount from his starting price and is well worth a trade into your side. I'd highly expect his ownership to skyrocket after this round, so the risk is a bit lower too. As of Tuesday night, he was already traded in by 7,026 teams. So yeah, it's it's going to go up, which which also just helps lessen the risk. For mine, what I'm going to be doing is bringing in Whitfield, holding CJ through the buys just because it's another warm body, and then on the back end of the buys, trading out CJ, who hopefully will hold his price a bit, and then being able to upgrade a midfielder with CJ and keep Laird in my midfield as well. Now, our next question uh, was sent in uh, via Discord, um, via Darren. And uh, yeah, if you guys want to join our Discord, you can do so through our Patreon. And um, as we mentioned last week, we had a, um, a new listener jump on. So that's always uh, good to see. And uh, yeah, if you want to get access to Discord, head to patreon.com forward slash supercoachedge and uh, you can jump in the um, the cheapest tier there, the price of uh, a you know, coffee or two, thereabouts, uh, a month, and you get access to the Discord. He asks, Darren... Any round 12 buy rookies available, even one gamers who are worth a punt to free us cash and play the next two buys. So yeah, we've spoken about this as well um, in terms of the best rookies earlier in this ep. You know, Reeves, obviously the top prospect who had his buy and should play across rounds 13 and 14. Spoke of his job security being quite high as well. 
Flint Reeves also ticks the box in freeing up bulk cash. Yeah, so of the other top rookies available, uh, Bianco, CCJ and Muskets in terms of their cash gen, um, despite, I guess, their round 14 buyers, which is just unfortunate timing, but I think their cash gen really mitigates that um, for the rest of the season. You're going to have a bit more of a long-term outlook on the season. Uh, Holmes, obviously, from Geelong, who is also on the bubble um, that we mentioned earlier, is really the only other realistic option, I guess, at this stage, given he had his buy last round but there is absolutely no guarantee that he keeps his spot this week, unfortunately. So it's just, yeah, I guess the big concern is whether or not he has that that job security. The key thing for me to consider around Holmes is uh, we're still waiting, I guess, for Duncan and Guthrie to make their way back into the cat side. So with that, is he going to hold his spot? And I'd say it's unlikely. He obviously played, I think, in round three, as we mentioned, and then hadn't didn't play again until round 11. So there's no, no certainty that he won't be dropped. I just want to also make mention because uh, Darren was uh, discussing in the Discord also about the fact that um, I mentioned Reeves is a really good trade-in option in the Discord and he said that he had Hunter at R3 and he said it makes the Reeves trade a bit of a problem because it's hard to burn a trade on Hunter for about a 20k gain. I reckon that's wasteful. And I said, well, not if you view it in the fact that you're going to be jumping on one of the, you know, obviously the best cash cows at the moment. And yeah, you're looking at the short-term side of things, which is, yes, obviously you're only going to gain a 20K difference by trading Hunter to Reeves. Yeah. But in the longer-term scheme of things, it's obviously more fruitful in the fact that once you cash in Reeves after he's inflated in price and appreciated, you're going to have made another 100K plus minimum. So, I mean, a lot of people get blindsided by the short-term view of things and they think, oh, well, the trade's not worth it. And it may look like a sideways trade, uh, on the surface, but underneath you delve a bit deeper and you project long-term as to what the traded in play is going to make. Yeah. Uh, and that gives you a well-rounded view on things. And I think people just have to sort of keep that longer-term view on things in mind when they're making their trades uh, because... Yeah, I mean, you're just sort of scratching the surface if you're looking at the the short-term cash gen side of things. Definitely. And now moving on to our next question, it's from Blue United also via our Discord. Who else looks promising? Is there anyone from the mid-season draft who looks likely to get a few games? Yeah, well, outside of those we just mentioned, the uh, best mid-season prospect I think you need to keep your eye out for is uh, Jai Newcomb, uh, who I affectionately will be dubbing Duke Duke Newcomb. Uh, For those uh, gamers out there who are familiar with him, It's time to kick ass and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of gum. But he is one the Hawks swooped on with their number two overall midseason draft pick. Uh, obviously highly rated internally, so much so that he was actually signed to a 30-month contract. So that sees hey, at the end of this yeah. season and then the next two seasons beyond that. And on pretty sizable coin, I'm hearing. So that obviously says to me that, um, yeah, the Hawks rate him quite highly. And I reckon it's only a matter of time before we see him jump into their lineups. And hopefully it's over the next uh, week or two because it'll uh, time quite nicely for the uh, the round 14 buy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> He's definitely one to keep an eye on, uh, especially at his price point. I mean, it's nuts uh, that we could get someone like that with who's obviously so highly rated by the, uh, by the Hawks coming in. Uh, obviously, across six games for the Hawks in the VFL, he has averaged 23 disposals and seven tackles a game playing as an inside midfielder. Surely mm-hmm. he comes in um, and just plays that role um, 
helping them to develop, I guess, over the next few years uh, into a into a stronger side. Another bloke that I think is worth mentioning is uh, Cooper Sharman, 102.4k mid from the Saints, who has flown over to Adelaide to be part of the Saints extended squad. His job security would be the key concern for me there, as well as, I guess, Rats' tendency to just drop rookies. Uh, cough, high more cough. Uh, <laughs> Sharman would be coming in for Tim Membry and Seb Ross, who have returned home to be with their families. Uh, from the, I guess, the, the short-term hub uh, with them both having, I think one's having a baby and one's just recently had a baby. Uh, so he, he's flown over there just, I guess, as, as extra cover. So obviously not necessarily the greatest job security, but just one to consider. And then just wanted to make sure that you guys follow us on Twitter and Facebook because we always try and share all the latest news on debutants and cash cows as it comes to light. So you'll get all the latest news there. Absolutely. And our very last question is a bit of a doozy. And uh, it's from Billy Brannigan at WaterCarrier11 on Twitter. And he asks, I'd be pretty keen to hear your thoughts on the extra trade situation. Uh, Obviously, hotly uh, contested uh, discussion point. And I mean... I certainly don't envy the crew, no. the Herald Sun Supercoach no. HQ. That's for sure. Um, tough to gig. To make that call. Super tough gig. And I really appreciate, first and foremost, that they made a super swift call as soon as they did um, because the heat was coming thick and fast once the fixture uh, change was announced and many were hounding them for a quick decision. So to do so as quick as they did should be commended. And I guess in terms of the decision that they, um, that they came to, to me, they were either going to come to two points. It's either bring in extra trades yeah. or bring it down from a best 18 to potentially a best 16. Um, looking at those two options, I personally would have gone with the latter uh, just purely because of, as I spoke of before, um, with Supercoach data revealing the number of, I think, 70% of top coaches in the, the top 5K. They're missing 15 players from the lineup. Uh, I think that says to me, how widespread it is across the competition. And I think a best 16 may have had a, a slightly better outcome. Again, that's just as playing devil's advocate, but um, I think the decision that they settled on uh, was just as good in itself. I mean, everyone's even playing field. Uh, hopefully with the extra two trays, it means we can add an extra one or two players in for that dreaded round 14 without having to compromise our overall trade strategy. And I think, I've kind of worked out, I'm at a point now outside of injuries where I think I will be able to make it work. Um, Obviously, won't have the 18 field fielded on my, um, for my team at the moment, but I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's a catch 22, I think. I mean, yeah. If they were to go with that that best 16 option, you're going to have those people complaining, oh, we're we're running out of trades. So, I mean, there's always going to be people out there complaining, um, regardless of whatever the decision is. And I think it's a a really tough decision to make, and especially within such a short turnaround time. So, for me, um, I'm happy with whatever they've they've gone with. Um, Everyone is on level playing field again. So, I mean, that's kind of where I stand. What about yourself? Yeah, definitely. I agree with you wholeheartedly there, Damon. It's a no-win position for the, the crew at Supercoach HQ. HQ. Um, I feel like, you know, it's such a tough gig. It's kind of like Hooker chasing down Buddy. Yes. Like, it's... And you know what? They just keep trying. No matter what, Hooker just <laughs> kept running. He knew he wasn't going to make it, but he was like, I'm not going to give up. 
I feel like that's so like it's really really a tough gig for them and I think just with so many people in so many different positions and playing for different goals like mm. league or uh, sorry with head-to-heads or uh, for for overall you're never going to find a solution that works for absolutely everybody um, yep. especially when I guess time is of the essence and this that was what the case was here everyone was obviously really wanting a quick decision um, so I do really commend them on their efforts and all the work they put in uh, for Supercoach. Uh, so if it was up to me, I probably, as you mentioned, would have considered a best of 16. Um, we could have potentially have left the trades as is mm. um, by not increasing them at all, obviously, and this would have at least meant that this that week was less detrimentally affected. At least, though, uh, I guess it's not this week and we do have a bit more time to prepare for it somewhat. Uh, obviously, it still wasn't really something that we could plan for. Um, one thing that, just to note, I guess they might not have been able to do that due to like not being able mm. to code it into the app um, or into the system. So that could also have been something to just to keep in mind as, as why they've had to make these decisions. It's not, not quite as simple as just uh, coming up with new rules and, and just implementing yeah. them straight away. Like there's the it's whole cool. tech side behind it that they have to also be able to implement uh, in a short period of time. Um, so I, I do agree wholeheartedly. I think um, it's a tough gig. Um, that's sort of the way I look at it. But as for the trades, at the end of the day, I guess whether you've got 20 trades left or 10, I've seen a bit of sort of uh, contention over getting extra trades, especially from people who might not have used many trades, saying, oh, it benefits people who have blasted through the trades. But I mean, at the end of the day, you're getting two trades regardless of whether you've got you know, 30 trades left or if you've got one trade left. Um, those running low on trades will basically have a chance at completing their side um, but those who've banked those trades will probably be in a position that they have luxury trades that they can then you know maybe move on a player that's that that might not be performing as well or maybe even later on in the season where they will be they'll be able to cover more injuries so overall I just think that really ultimately everyone's benefited from the extra two trades in the exact same way because you're getting two extra spots that you can uh, two extra trades that you can use uh, in whatever way if you're in your side and with that before we uh, jump into the Supercoach Edge group rankings, let's just remind viewers as to where they can hit us up and find us across socials. Yep, you'll find us on Twitter at, at Supercoach underscore Edge, Damon at, at DamoJ88, and myself at Liam Evans underscore 95. Facebook, Insta, search is Supercoach Edge. You'll find us there. And if you do wish to email us, you can send it through to aflsupercoachedge at gmail.com. Now, moving on to our Supercoach Edge group rankings, as you mentioned, Damon, we had a mammoth score yeah. in the round 12 scores. Uh, so the highest scorer was Stan with his claim just to clarify. Uh, love <laughs> a good pun. Love a good pun. And his score Great. was 2,211. What? In a buy round. That's a, that's a score that I would have been within a regular round. Oh, no, exactly, yeah. I, How is it even possible? I don't know. He must have had parishes, you see. Must have, surely. Surely. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, moving on uh, to the overall leader, and the carryover leader for the fifth round in a row, Arthur of Black on White. Five rounds in a row. He's got a handful. (sighs) He has now. He's got a bag. Genuine bag. He's the overall leader with a total score of 27,232. And he's gone up one spot from 14th to be ranked 13th overall. Jeez, it's uh, it's almost a staple. He's almost getting his own segment every week yeah, uh, no. after his black and white. So as we always say, it's uh, never too late to get involved with our group 
the Supercoach Edge Group code to join is 798296. 798296. And of course, whoever ends up on top in the group at season's end will get their hands on a Supercoach Championship ring from the guys at Supercoach Championship Rings. The ultimate bragging rights. And also, we'll be having a chat with you in the final podcast of the season. So all the very best of luck to those of you in the group rankings. And that brings us to the very end of this episode. Quite a uh, mammoth episode, but I hope you guys appreciate the extra time that we've poured into uh, this episode heading into the um, the second buy round. And um, it's going to be uh, another hard one to navigate, but nothing like the one that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Not if you, not if you use your silver linings playbook, Damon. Oh, yeah, wait. I've got that. Let me flick through it again. <laughs> Can I borrow it? You can borrow it, but all it's saying is every page, it says, consult the crystal ball. Oh, what a joke. Is this a, I think this is a joke book. I think it's got the uh, wrong cover sleeve. I think it's, let me take, oh, it's, it's Koshy's joke book. Oh, <laughs> someone's put the wrong sleeve on the book. Bloody Koshy. What a joke. Oh. What's wrong with the world, mama? People living like they ain't got no mamas. All of the very best. <laughs> I should take a swig. It's been a long day. It's been a long uh, week and it's only Monday. But um, heading into the uh, the second buy round, all the very best for your teams, and hopefully you can field a best 18 and uh, punch out a ripping score. Good luck, guys. I think we're going to need it. Yeah, most definitely. Hey, look at this crystal ball. Look what it's saying. Oh, my God. This is saying you're getting a 3,000 this week? It is. <laughs> That's just going to beat you. No, 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 not this week, not this week. <laughs> so-